Welcome to the Black Girl in College podcast, where we are two black girls sharing our experiences of this bumpy journey called college. In doing so, we hope to create a comfortable and safe space for those who may relate to our experiences. We're your hosts, Kiki and Mo. And on today's episode, we will be talking about campus, campus safety. safety. All right. So today we're going to talk about campus safety and more geared towards campus safety as black women, because we're two black women who go to a PWI. If you don't know what that is, that is a predominantly white institution. So when it comes to statistics, let's get into it. Yeah, so we actually couldn't really find statistics on, like, this the safety um, of black women on a campus college. I'm sure statistics maybe are out there, but it just wasn't readily available for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we really couldn't find, like, the questions, statistics that we were specifically trying to look for, just, like, how many women feel safe on a college campus right. and um I don't know, just stuff along that lines, but we really couldn't find anything. Like, so yeah, we were trying to find more towards black women, and most of the time it was generalized for all women. And all women's um, safety is important, but we're we can only speak about our experiences. So looking for those statistics, like you said, just weren't readily available. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, we can't provide that, but we can only share our experiences and just go from there. And a reason that, like, we really wanted to do this topic, campus safety as a black woman on our PWIs, because it's like a thing that's not talked about, but it's, it really shapes our experience of college yes. and without statistics. So don't quote me, but I can really speak on behalf of all black women. There are times where we don't feel safe. So it's just like one of them conversations that we just want to be real about and open about, like, this is a thing. We want to acknowledge it because a lot of times we don't feel safe and there's other factors, external factors, mm-hmm. that contribute to that feelings of not being safety or not being safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you touch on just, like, a little bit of, like, your safety on the college campus but from a woman's perspective? Like, mm-hmm. as we know, like, just from, in general, the perspective is, like, safety for a man and a woman is different. Yeah. But... Just speaking more on that woman's side. Mm-hmm. And before I get into that, I do want to say, because I've had these conversations in different settings, and a man's safety is also important. We're not saying that you don't ever have a, a space where you're never not safe, so you need to learn of safety. But, like, I'm a woman, so I have to speak from my perspective. And most of the time, majority of the time is in situations where women are usually attacked or they're not the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, I think for most people, especially if you're a young girl, a young lady, it's like I was always raised with, like, when I also got my car, I got the pe- uh, the pepper spray. And I also got, like, the taser. You know what I mean? Like, it was my brother did not get that. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, and I don't blame my parents. Like, they're only pr- helping me. And it's what society is also showing us as well. Mm-hmm. So I think even just starting from there it's like, as a as a young girl, I always had to think about safety, even even not just strangers, but even family members. So it made me just hyper aware all the time that I guess you can't be naive because being naive can cause like. I guess I want to say is like even though situations may happen, it's like in my mind, and I know it's unhealthy. It was like, well, what did I do to contribute to that? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that a woman can do to contribute to something unsafe happening to her, like, at all. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'm also learning on campus is that, like, no matter what I do, situations will happen. But for the most part, I mean, I carry my pepper spray. Mm -hmm. I carry my taser. 
Um, I've personally, I've had two, I got two, one in like my bag and one that I keep on my key that's like separate. Um, and I've never had to use either or of those. And I'm, I'm pretty happy because I'm, yeah. I'm afraid the first time I will perpetrate my own <laughs> stuff. But yeah. it's just like, it's like also, it's like a, I don't know, now it's just a because thing. Like mm-hmm. just because anything can happen. And like on campus we have the, um, I don't know if you guys have it, but like it's like the, it's like the stands where you basically can call the police or something. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there was a talk last year when I was at a um, a transfer like event. I was a transfer student on the panel that they were like either being removed or remodeled or something. So like the campus cares. I use that loosely, mm-hmm. and we can get more into that. But mm-hmm. for the most part, like my safety looks like that. I don't know what a man's safety look like. I don't know if they can just be like I know maybe physically like I am a plus size girl it does not mean I also physically know how to defend myself so that's where the pepper spray and taser come in and also have a dad and I'm not gonna argue with him so I'm just gonna take what I need to make sure I don't worry my parents or anything like that but yeah so how does safety look for you um well I really like how you touched on this like um how, like, you, when you were growing up, you were given, like, a um, taser and then some pepper spray, but, like, your brother didn't have to because it's just, like, those differences, mm-hmm. um, those gender differences that people may not realize. And just, like, it is not something you think of. Like, my brother having pepper spray, if I said I'm going to get him that, he'd be so confused. Like, girl, what are you talking right. about? What do I need pepper spray for? You know what I'm saying? But, like, for a woman, mm-hmm. I just know every single person that I know personally, like, they, unless they're grown, grown, and they got a, they got a husband or something. Right. But, like, my age specifically... I know that they have a taser or they have pepper spray or they have both. Right. So it was just like, for me, um, I think a lot of things just contribute to not feeling safe and can be triggering of not feeling safe. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like really a, a what if type of situation, but it's like we see these true crime stories and um, all these stories on the news, but it's like as a woman, a lot of this stuff is reality. It's not just a story. It's not right. just the oh, that was a rare case. It's like I'm seeing stuff, I'm hearing stuff of people who are close to me. So it's just like, mm-hmm. for me, um, definitely very self-aware and hyper-aware of my environments, probably more than most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so as a woman, it's just like a lot of things I just want to do, mm-hmm. like going out late by myself. Yeah. Um, I don't like walking in the dark. Even just like walking to my car real quick, I get scared. I don't even like being in the apartment hallway um, sometimes like it's those little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, living alone is scary, even though you know you got secured uh, doors, windows. It's still right. I don't like living like you know. It's just a lot of things that just contribute mm-hmm. to not feeling safe and um, stemming from childhood. How I was raised, just things that you're told you shouldn't feel safe in as well. So yeah, right. No, and those two things that you said, like the true crime stories, like there's situations that have happened on campuses, like mm-hmm. our campuses. And they make, like, national news, national headlines. And it's just, like, but the way the colleges go about it and handle it, like, crazy. So I love that you mentioned that because it's not like, it's like, yes, we have these what-if situations. And you don't want to make your mind go crazy with what-ifs. But it's like, not only does this ha- happen at colleges, period, it also happens at college, a college I go to. Like, this has happened before. So I love that you touched on that. So, mm-hmm. So I guess the next thing I want to talk about is, what are like safety differences that we may have noticed specifically as a black woman? So not just as a woman, but like how our safety, um, what challenges we specifically face because of our race as well? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that like 
correlates with that, I guess, like, oh, man, now I'm trying to count on school. But, like, the the cause and effect type thing mm-hmm. of being a black woman at PWI is you're a black woman at a PWI. Yeah. You are already, unfortunately, quote-unquote, outnumbered. Like, I don't want to say it, like, as a fact, because you have people that support you and right. support systems and stuff like that. But it's, like, when it comes to, like, feeling safe, me personally, I feel safe more around people um, who look like me and reflect me and things about me. Mm-hmm. So I think that also um, affects it. I don't know. I think just as like a as a black woman being the few on campus, I sometimes feel like I don't want to say singled out, but like like if it was like a I don't know how to say it, but like a camera way up high, like you can point me out, and that's a problem for me. Like I can't blend in, mm-hmm. and it's just. I don't know, even, like, the slightest things that can make me also uncomfortable but feel also unsafe. And even in classrooms, like, the topic can make me feel like I'm being targeted or things like that. Like, you don't necessarily, like, I don't care if you're talking about black people. Don't point to the only black person in the room. And also don't point to the only black woman. I am smart and educated, but I'm not going to be your lesson. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So I I think along with just campus safety is the fact that because I'm a black woman in a place where... I'm not the majority. It feels like I'm always pointed out. Mm-hmm. So and how is that for you? I guess like for me, like the difference as specifically a black woman is just being straightforward, racism exists. So it's not just the um, you're a woman, so I can treat you this way, but it's like mm-hmm. you're black, so I can treat you this way. So I know when we think of, we talk about safety, I feel like the first thing that comes to people's mind is like um, men or um, assault or harassment or like physically, and stuff like yeah. that. But sometimes it's literally just being the only black person in a room will make me feel unsafe. Yes. Speaking from personal experience, like just even bring taking the whole woman part of it, speaking from personal experience, there's times where I've witnessed like the white person side will always get taken over mine. And that's one of the um, things I've had to unlearn and just like I'm trying to like, get rid of my prejudices mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's like sometimes it's like, if I'm the only black person in this room, other people are tweaking. If I say something, then right. now I'm the one tripping and I'm over-exaggerating and all of this extra mm-hmm. stuff. But it's just like when it comes to my safety, sometimes it's just like knowing that I'm the only black woman in the room. And it's not just being the only black woman in the room, but like being the only black woman in the room with no friends of anybody else. If I'm, right. when I'm in a whole new space and I can't even say, oh, I'm cool with this and that person. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody and I'm black on top of that. It's just like I don't know. I'm not a person who's going to judge somebody by the cover. I don't assume every um, non-black person is racist, but it's just like at the Mm -hmm. same time you can't assume that. I don't know. You can't just automatically like, oh, they're they're cool. Mm -hmm. Because even when they seem cool, sometimes it's like there could be some underlying Mm -hmm. biases and um, stuff that was generational. All skin folk and kid folk. So I think like. Just specifically looking on being the black woman part, mm-hmm. it's just simply race, racism. Yeah, it's still there. It's and there. It's still scary. Please don't ignore that, that exists. We've experienced all it black exists. people have experienced it. Um, Unfortunately, whether we want to um, act like it was in the past or not, mm-hmm. we've experienced it firsthand. We all have our own personal stories to tell. Yes, and I think that's just the most straightforward answer. Like mm-hmm. that's really what contributes to that. And I love that you mentioned like, like the not just being not physical, but like just being in class, maybe walking on campus. Like, I've like yes, I've had situations where students have made me feel 
unsafe, but I've also had a situation where professors have made mm-hmm. me feel unsafe have you by opinion or like just my existence. And it's like I feel attacked. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't know, it's just I don't for me it's like I guess I've never been in a situation where I physically had to defend myself. And I thank right. God for that. But it's like when I think of safety, that is what I think of. So I agree that that, that is what most people think of. But it's like I'm still trying to learn how to handle those other unsafe situations in the right. classroom or with people. Like, because those happen more. I feel for me personally, those mm-hmm. happen more than like physically trying to defend myself. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, since we're talking about safety and the setting of being black and in college, how does like our safety affect our college experience? I think. Other than the fact of like, you know, we're supposed to be safe at college, but like, how does it mm-hmm. like just affect the way you move, speak, and your decisions Mm -hmm. as well? I mean, the parents that I have in their life experience have taught me a lot. So, like, I have to be well aware of, like, where I am and, like, the things that I do. But it's, like, I guess simple things. My sister is also alumni from my college, so... Mm -hmm. Um, her experience and the things that she shared with me also helps me to understand how I should move. Like, of course, my experience would be different from, from hers, but, like, I'm, like, listening and taking a grain of salt and everything. But, like, there's so many things that just make me paranoid. Like, I think it was one thing that you mentioned just a little bit ago, but, like, the simple things, like, for the I think for the first semester, like, I had my fan in the window Everybody goes to that hot period. It's so hot on campus. Mm-hmm. But I was just always thinking, like, it's just a screen. Like, what if somebody – I was on the first floor. What if somebody really just tried to get into my room? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those simple things like that, that's not, like, a protection factor for students or the fact that students let in anybody. Like, you don't even see them actively pu- pulling out, like, an ID card because – I don't know if all campuses are the same, but I think for the most part, you have to have an ID card to get in or some sort of identification to get into the building to scan mm-hmm. in. And it's like I've seen that so ha- happen so many times to where students are also contributing to unsafe things happening on campus. Or like the fact that, I don't know, like the bathrooms and showers are shared and yeah. that that although the floors are split between male and female, that that door that opens does not lock. It's not like a badge specifically for me to get into. So, I mean, a guy could just, people are unfortunate or immature, can just walk in and think it's funny. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then, boom, a traumatic experience. Like, you know, you're just going about your day and something happens. um, That, like, you can access any floor. Yeah. And, like, I, I stay in a dorm, so it's different from, like, I mean, the way the apartments are set up, like our living situations, but mm-hmm. like you can access any floor, and that's kind of a problem for me. You know what I mean? So yeah. So how does like uh, your uh, needs of safety affect like your college experience? Um, I think well, a lot of things make me feel unsafe, mm-hmm. and I feel like just having to be around those things that make you feel unsafe. And we touched on it like on previous episodes, but like more specifically, and I will disclaimer I'll say this now like I know I have my own biases and stuff um and also when I speak I don't want to generalize anybody but um I just know like for me it can be very triggering just being around like if I'm the only woman in a room in general Mm -hmm. regardless of like how the uh, men are acting or even it could be the most um loving caring whatever Mm -hmm. I'm still going to initially at least at first until proven differently I'm going to feel unsafe Mm -hmm. in that environment and it's just like there's a lot of things. It's 2023. We've made a lot of progress, but we're still not there yet. There's still, like, right. certain um, 
just majors that are going to be male dominated. There's certain majors that are uh, woman dominated. There's a lot of things that are just like, you know, that are dominated by one gender over the other. So for me, just like being in a lot of spaces where first, like maybe I'm the only black woman there. Maybe I'm just the only woman there. Um, There's just too many spaces here at Iowa State. And I wanted to say Iowa State, just like college campuses in general that are Mm -hmm. like that. And that can just contribute to my safety because, like, do I want to be around this? I don't know if I, like, I maybe I want this opportunity, but it's like I don't feel the most comfortable in this space. So right. that is some, that's how it really, uh, my safety affects my college experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I also agree with what you said, just like the paranoia. It's like, you never know. My school has over 20,000 students. And I don't know the number this year. I don't know the statistic for this year. I know last the year before and it was like thirty five thousand. I don't know what it is now, but that's a lot of people. So they don't and you can't, people? girl. The school's big. They have housing. <laughs> it's big crazy. and they have housing, so they're gonna accept. They're gonna get their money. But with this high number of people just on your college campus, it's not like a city population. This is on your college campus, mm-hmm. so it's like you really you can't assume anything. You can't say, "Oh, it's gonna be safe." Like. We get reports anytime there's like um, an assault or harassment, whenever there's something that's reported, we get an email sent out to all students. So it's like when I get a few of those emails, I'm just like, bro, this is happening. Right. And who's to say I won't be one of those quote unquote rare numbers when it's really not rare. A lot of stuff just goes unreported. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's just really how it contributes to my safety. And it just makes me even more hyper aware. Like I really have to consider safety into like my everyday routine. Mm-hmm. And to add to that, like especially to the things like those emails that you get, like I was quote unquote like a junior freshman because I had mm-hmm. just transferred to UNI. But like I was getting these emails and it wasn't a lot. It was like three. Uh, I think one situation it was, um, there was R word and then there was like essay. But mm-hmm. it was like, this is happening on campus. And what there was like I personally took it upon myself to meet with the campus police like the chief and mm-hmm. it, it was a she was very welcoming and everything like we real tight we real cool now right and, and that was important for me because I need to put faces to these people but there's so many like things that, that I think the typical student doesn't know that like you said not everything gets reported but just because it's reported doesn't mean that it gets sent out to everybody right. like those situations are three of probably unfortunately 50 Right. Or 100. It's because they didn't have, quote, unquote, enough information or they don't want to overwhelm students to think that this is only what happens on campus. But for me personally, it's like if I get this email, if I feel that the campus is showing concern for me, like, hey, watch out. You know, there's a lot of things that they don't. I guess um, what goes along with that paranoia, too, is if if it's a person that doesn't go to that school Mm-hmm. there's no photo sent out for that. So yeah. what if that person accidentally gets let in or they lurking around this building just waiting for that door to open and, you know, pretend to be a student or, like, you accidentally let in the wrong person thinking mm-hmm. that you're just being nice. Like, those things are also important that I wish my campus would step up on of, like, just, like, making sure students are doing their part to make the campus feel more safe. Like, I, I wouldn't want to possibly contribute to somebody else getting hurt mm-hmm. or, like, it happened in my building three doors down, right. you know, and, okay, I need to have my music down less because I probably heard something and just thought I was just hearing stuff and I could have really helped somebody. So I just, I personally wish my campus would just do a little bit more. And I guess I understand why if not overwhelming students, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like, this is happening, Being honest and being real. Like, we can't ignore it. You mm-hmm. can't handle it all by yourself. Like, you just said, you got, like, 20,000-plus students. That's a lot. Like, That's how can lot. you possibly think that, unfortunately— 
there aren't students out there who would do these things mm-hmm. or it would happen to. Like, let's yeah. just be honest. So to go along with that, what are some things that you think that people do? Well, I won't say think, but that you feel people do that make you feel unsafe as a woman and as a black woman, but that they may not be aware of? And I, before I get to that, I just want to say I feel like that's a great question just because, like, in general, like, just the reason of this episode, we need to have these conversations, and there's yes. a lot of things that make me feel unsafe and make other women feel unsafe, but people just don't know. So mm-hmm. one thing I would say is just, like, persistent flirting. If I'm not flirting back and you're still flirting, that's harassment. And not saying that um, the person doing that is doing perv, but just, like, that's why we need to have these conversations. I need y'all to know. Like, it's not cute when you you keep trying to um, pursue a woman and mm-hmm. they are not they don't want you. She's that's not harassment. That's not, that's not cute anymore. Um, that gives you a negative title and uh, connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, what else makes me feel unsafe? I would say touching. Um, and I don't mean touching, like, inappropriately, but I mean, like, even, like, someone on the shoulder. Like, you touch my shoulder or you, you touch my back. They love to do that. They love, mm-hmm. touch my waist. See, it's just, like, those little things that can seem more innocent. It's like, I don't like being touched without consent. Because you might get elbowed. I'm sorry. Like, I really don't. I don't mess with that. Even if we're friends, like, if you're um, a male friend of mine and we're cool, don't do that, please. Um... And just in general, just keeping in mind, not everyone is comfortable with physical touch in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that makes me feel unsafe is having to say no more than once. And like we say over and over, no is a complete sentence. And I'm going to just give a secret. I'm going to just give a secret. Go ahead. A lot it. of women are very decisive, especially if it comes to like another man or woman, whatever you prefer. If they don't want, if they really want you, they want to say no the first time. Like nobody's right. playing that hard to get. I promise no. you, nobody's playing that hard. And we to should get. be playing that hard to get in twenty twenty three. I'm sorry, should not. Nobody's playing that hard to get. Be if they really want you, they're not going to turn you down first time. Right. If they turn you down, they don't want you. Sure now, he turns you down five times, and you want advice about how to get her. Don't talk to me. Now, one thing I will say is like sometimes people like say no. You just gotta be persistent, and they'll say yes. That's because they feel unsafe. Like me exactly. per- personally, if I say no three times. And then you're still going, I might, I'm going to end up saying yes. And that doesn't mean that, oh, you changed my mind and mm-hmm. I, I really want to give you my number. It just I feel unsafe. And you know the stories where it's like, oh, a dude did this to somebody else because they said mm-hmm. no. Those extremes, those yes. are real life. That's not just a story. And I already mentioned that. These aren't just stories on the news. This is real life. Yes. And this happens a lot more often than it's documented and it's reported and it's like, if I have to say no two times and you're still talking, I'm going to just say yes at some point. So mm-hmm. that's what makes me really feel unsafe. Right. Um, do you have What makes you feel unsafe um, as a black woman that people may not know makes mm-hmm. others feel unsafe? I think, well, to go along with that is there's a, a way of men in that for me that makes me feel unsafe. And I don't... I, as, Sometimes I don't like speaking on it because I don't want I don't want men to think that they just make everybody unsafe. Right, that's not right. the thing, but it's it's the way society sets it up. Mm-hmm. It's the things that happen, like literally happen, not just opinionated, that shape my mind, and it's also the experiences that I have. So, like to go along with that, from a guy's demeanor, like aggressive or assertive, it's that I can't leave like I've had situations and I don't want to make it seem like this happens all the time because I'm glad that it doesn't but mm-hmm. there was one time and I think I've talked to you about it but 
I was FaceTiming my mom, and I normally eat by myself, especially breakfast. Like, first of all, who really woke that morning? Right, like, you right. know what I mean? So just talking to my mom and the way the booths are set up, you can't tell who's sitting there unless you go literally around to see. Mm -hmm. So this guy does, he doubles back. I'm already like, mm. yes, I'm already like, mm. You know what I mean? I'm trying yeah. to play it chill, still smile. Like, be myself, you know, because mm -hmm. I also try to change my perspective. And this could be a uh, disclaimer. I don't have any male friends. so right, I get that. I don't have any of those. So I was like, maybe this could be one. Like, I always thought it'd be cool to have male like a male friend. Just in general, like, I have friends of all different kinds of, like, my personality mm -hmm. and characteristics that I have. And it's just like, that. that's the only thing that I really don't have. And just the way the situation happened asking for my social, asking for my number, and to go along with, like you said, if I say no three times and then I say yes, that should be a clue that shorty's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's also, it's like, I feel like it's a very dangerous game to play that you have no, like, um, decision in making because if I say yes, he can just lie and say I let him on when I stand him yep. up or don't answer the text when beforehand I've already told you no so many times and there's proof through text or, like, whatever the case may be, like, other people and my friends around. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just situations of just being around a guy and their demeanor lets me know that I'm going to have to, quote, unquote, do what they ask of me so I can get out of there, like, safely. Mm -hmm. Even though it's going to come with some type of difficult experience that I now have to, like, deal with and heal from. Um, I think it's just simple things, like, that remind me, um, that I'm like a woman, mm -hmm. like being in the grocery store, being at a gas station, like you, when do you really see guys getting asked for their gas get pumped? That's a good question. There's if a you, reason why you, you're asking If me. it's you, then let us know. Like if it's you, let that's, know. and it probably does happen for the most part when a guy asks to pump a girl's gas, mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that you're doing out the goodness in your heart, like you right. serve a guy like me and you just trying to help out. But it doesn't turn like out like that. And that's why I try to have that perspective firsthand. And then it lets me know that you never should. It, you were right mm -hmm. with your gut, your intuition. So I think it's just situations like that that unfortunately remind me that I'm a woman. And that I'm realizing it's like either you're staring at me because I'm a black woman and not a lot of black people be in this town. Right. <laughs> or you're staring at me because the way that I'm shaped and you're following me. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I don't know. Pet names, too. To make me feel unsafe, um, makes me feel uncomfortable, unsafe. It's like you're talking to me like Heavy you know me, unsafe, and yeah. you don't know me. Not to cut you off, but you ever have like a, a grown man, random yes. grown man, call you? Gray hair. Say no. Say good girl. Have good you ever girl. had that? Good girl and baby girl make me throw up in my mouth. Good girl is so crazy. That uh, to this day, my sister and brother can tell you I don't like that term, baby girl. I don't like it. Mm. Like I hear other people use it. That's okay, but when it's towards me. It makes me cringe, and I probably throw up a little bit. Yeah, it's nasty. Just a little bit. And also, just like, um, I know we mentioned before, but I just want to say it again, but um, we keep saying men this, men that. First, we're not generalizing all men. Second, we're speaking on our experiences. Um, this is where this these are where these experiences are coming from is from men like me. Mm -hmm. Personally, I can say I've been, I have been harassed by women before, but it's probably been twice. Yeah. But... So that's why that's where we're speaking on, and also, right. you know, just 
who we attract and who we're attracted mm-hmm. to, that's what we're, we're speaking on. Right. If you're a good so guy. So there are women out there who harass as well, but this, exactly. keeping in mind, this is the Black Girl in College podcast. So. Exactly. And it's, we can only speak yeah. for I, like our experience. I can't lie and say something else. And if you're a good guy, continue to be a good guy. Like what I have learned is a good guy does not say he's a good guy. He yes. just proves it. <laughs> if a yeah. man tells you, matter of fact, if a boy tells you he's a good guy, boy, you better run. You better put them Crocs in sports mode, and you sports better mode. run, please. Because I've never met. I've I got a couple male friends, and I've never never told me. Well, you know, Mo, I'm a good guy. You know, just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Chance for what? Why would you tell me you're a good guy? <laughs> you wouldn't have to tell me that. Your actions would prove it. Right. Definitely. Weirdo alert. Oop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just gotta be she honest. She said what she said. She said what she said. Like this topic is like it just it really hits because like I really do feel unsafe. Like there was one situation where I was trying to get, you haven't been yet. You need to come to my, my dorm. But the way that the hallways work, you kind of, it's like a one way. Yeah. And even then it's still a little difficult. But there's three guys coming down the hall. And the way that I had to push up against my door, I didn't have time to turn. So the way I'm like face pushed up against the door. So it just, it made me feel even more uncomfortable because it's eyeing me. And it's just like. I'm, my room is by the uh, elevator. Yeah. So it's just like, it's already, I think, less privacy because I can just block out those people there. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, it's just simple situations that people are unaware of that they probably just do and think it's okay. Right. Or like, oh, shorty liked the attention. I don't like it. Mm-mm, I didn't I even ask for it. It's unsolicited. If you know me, you know I hate male attention. Like, I do ask for my number. It's already a red flag to me. Um, right. <laughs> like, that might be extreme, but like. Yeah, I really don't care for the attention. And at this point, the older I get, like, before I used to say, you can have my snap. I'm not going to lie. Because that's yeah. different. Like, I snap can block you. Not the same. You know, like, phone number, that's very personal. It is. And only a few people have it. It's work or family. That's it. Like, literally, mm-hmm. I can't even think of anybody else. But sooner or later, the older I get, that's going to disappear. So I don't know what you're going to get. Right, nothing. Zero communication. Talk to God. He know my number. He do. But he not going to give it. And that's but, that. um. Yeah, just moving forward and talking about our safety. Um, so just touching on safety and social settings. So that's like um, club events, the club, if that's mm-hmm. you, uh, parties and stuff like that. Safety in a social setting. So I guess like what what could that look like or should look like for black women in college? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know that I've never – I haven't met – I have friends, and I don't want to downplay my friends. I love them if y'all listening. Y'all been there and helped through some stuff. But, like, there's nobody I met that's, like, I'm equally yoked with, with like, you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, spiritually connected. So, like, going out, that's kind of non-existent for me because, like, I need to know you. I need to trust that, that, hey, can you hold my drink? Not just so that someone else doesn't put anything in or does something, but that also you don't. Because mm-hmm. there's people like that who pretend to be a friend just to – do something wrong to you. So, yeah. for me personally, I don't know. I know what it's supposed to look like as a black mm-hmm. woman, but, like, I've never been in, like, those settings for it to happen because I, I don't feel comfortable to go with the people that, like, are asking me. Like, and I've been asked plenty of times, but it's just, like, it's also the area of the town, the things that I've heard about these places. Yeah. I don't feel like we could be safe in general if we wanted to. So... Mm-hmm. For you, how does um, safety in social settings look? I think, um, well, first thing I'm going to say, it was like first weekend of classes um, before. It was first week, first weekend before classes started. Mm-hmm. I went to my first frat party. I was in there for literally 10 minutes because I was just with, you know, newly met friends right. at the time. And I'm just like, you know, let's see what it's like. And 
Also, um, all I'm going to say is that stuff you be seeing in the movies, that's real. Because it it was giving S.A. that whole party and it had to get out. I said, this is not it. Mm-hmm. Why is um, every girl stumbling, can barely walk, and these dudes are sober in here? Um, mm-hmm. Then here, boom, now a dude come and make his move. He see this girl dancing. Now he dancing on her and they kissing. Now he's taking her to her room and she's barely standing and she's lit. Like she's overly drunk and you can tell right. he's, ba- he's basically sober. And it's like at that point, I'm like, I can't be a witness to none of this. I'm, I'm just going to say if, like, if you're a freshman – if you're a freshman listening, like, safety in a social setting is very serious. Um, even if you do like to drink, like, just knowing when to drink and when not to drink, that's important. Exactly. You don't have to be – you can be the sober one at some parties. Me, personally, if I'm at a social setting, the bigger it is, the more sober I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not – it has to be like a little kickback of five, six people. You know what I'm I saying? I want to recall what happened. I need to recall what happens, and I need to be uh, very aware of my surroundings. Literally. And – not even just an advice for, like, freshmen. Like, it's just so crazy what goes on. And as an upperclassman, I also noticed that with other people, like, they're like, oh, no, I'm not drinking at this event because it's already going to be big. I don't want to mm-hmm. drink. If I am drinking, I might take, like, one. They lied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and now yeah. that you mentioned that, not to cut you off, it's like You're good. what I thought was going on, like, I would love to be, like, a freshman, sophomore again. Because up here mm-hmm. with the juniors, it's, it's silly. It's <laughs> the maturity. It's silly up here. Like mentioning that, like you said, it's just like I feel that we should know better since we already. You basically got two years under your belt or three. They don't. It's it's like it's like they're freshmen all over again. So like as a freshman to go along with your advice for them, I would suggest going to organizations like that you're supposed to be in. Like if you're a transfer student, go to like the transfer organization. Go during the daytime, you know, because that's when all the the press is gonna be there, especially during the first couple of weeks, like. Just, I say focus more on networking than trying to be the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Like, But also, like, if that is you, that's okay. But just knowing when you is supposed to be somewhere and where you're not. Like, read the room. Read the room bad. Like, if it's not giving safe, you don't, that don't have to be you. Right. At all. But um, I guess one thing I want to ask is just, like, how does how does our trauma play a role in our safety needs as a woman? So it's like... As we mentioned before, like, we feel like safety should look like this, and we have so many what-ifs in our mind. And, like, what, like how has our trauma shaped that, though? Mm-hmm. And just and how we were raised as well. Right. Because, um, like I mentioned before, I like, growing up, I was given, and my sister as well, because I have an older sister, younger brother, was given, we were given pepper spray and taser and not my brother. And that's not to blame my parents. I mean, they also encouraged all of us to look out for one another. Mm-hmm. But I think the, excuse me, the trauma that has really, like, set me up, unfortunately, to think the way that I think and go about things the way I do is, like, being told what to wear. Yes. And being, it's like, and I look, I have this, it just because it's, like, opened up a whole other memory. I have this conversation, like, I think maybe, it was definitely last year, but, like, all children are able to be children, but brown children. They mm-hmm. have to grow. I feel like as a black girl, I was seen as a woman probably around 12. Yeah. I was still very yep. much a child. I was a woman. As My body yep. is still very much developing. And the way it develops, I have no choice. Like, I, I can't tell food to go here or what to do here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like like there's other things that contribute to making a child grow fast, but that's what I want to talk about is like, Older people sexualize children. They That's do. a problem. Mm-hmm. That is what I experienced. And then I also experienced inside 
of like my family not immediate family but just like my family in general mm-hmm. saying certain things like oh who you looking grown for i'm 12 i'm you right you can't help that some the, the weight went to one spot <laughs> like you can you can't help that or like You're developing or like wanting to get into makeup mm-hmm. but it's it's not seen as oh that's cute like you trying it out like look at you like you want to be makeup artist no oh you trying to get boys and stuff yeah who said that who go cover up I did. I can't, I'm sorry that my chest sits like this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just personal experiences like that. Or, I mean, I remember one time I was in class and, like, this boy behind me popped my bra strap. Mm. Why are you touching me? Yeah. I mean, we're in high school. Yeah, high school? Girl, I thought you were supposed to say middle school. Nope. Oh. Yeah, Um. I don't know. I'm speechless. I mean, in middle yeah. school, they even make it worse. You yeah, know what I mean? In middle school, I had, I had my own trauma. But I just didn't know, like, I just thought high school you'd be a little bit more mature nope. than that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I guess that's what has, like, and I think that's why I also have an insecurity in what I wear and finding myself, like, beautiful every day, like, giving mm-hmm. myself comfort, like, speaking good things over myself because of, like, I can hear these thoughts, like, circling in my head like even like women and it sucks because it really does come from black women that's where i experience like a black woman is tearing down a young black girl and unfortunately you might have these shared experience so why are you passing them on like why that's why we have generational trauma because Mm -hmm. you're passing on like i should be able to wear certain clothes without you saying well you got male cousins right what like they shouldn't that's cousins. your uncle's coming over and Mm mm-hmm I just that's I think that's where like my trauma stems from and looking too grown, making me hyper aware at a young age, like Mm -hmm. that it's not also like strangers that prey on young children. It's your it's family members or people, quote unquote, to be family, like especially those like don't make your child hug somebody who they don't want to hug. If they if they spoke high, that's all you're going to get. Girl, I should not right have now. to hug them. Come on now. It's just like, I, and maybe that's the whole, I don't want to say that's the whole black community because I've heard like similar Girl, experiences to this. Force hugs. Why mm-hmm. do I have to hug him, her? Like, and, it, and it's not just even older adults. Maybe it's that cousin who's similar to my age who just acts weird around me. I've mm-hmm. had my own shared experiences with that that I'm still struggling with and it's carrying on to certain cycles of sin that I deal with. Right. So it's just like that trauma right there, I ain't ready to unpack. And that's okay. And that's okay. And and that's why our trauma plays um, a role in our safety. Like, mm-hmm. it really plays a prominent role in our safety as women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for you, like, what is trauma that's played through just, like, the safety for you? Like, how you go about it now? For me, the trauma, like, a big part of the trauma is just too many men make me feel uncomfortable in general. Like I said, like, just being surrounded by a lot of men. And it's always been that way. And... I remember from a young age, like, not being able to even be around groups of men. Mm-hmm. Even, and I'm not just talking about random men. I mean, like, even, like you said, a group of uncles. You know how you had a barbecue and all the uncles, they be in their corner. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even be in that area. And, which I understand, like, like you know, um, wanting to be protected. You don't want your daughter just around a whole bunch of group of grown men. But it also taught me distrust from a young age. Like, right. I, from that age, I just knew I can't be around a grown man. And I used to be so uncomfortable because I remember, like, Oh, I want to talk to my dad, ask him for something, but oh, he's hanging out with all the other uncles. Right. I used to be super uncomfortable going in that space around so-called family members. I'm supposed to feel safe around. Just mm-hmm. ask my dad a question because it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be around this. This makes me feel unsafe. I remember getting cussed out once because I had um, my bathrobe on when guests was over. 
Because I just got out the um the tub. Right. And it's like, now I'm not supposed to be showering when guests are over. So it's just like, that really taught distrust from um a young age. And then mm-hmm. growing up and having to deal with harassment, it's like that really just reinforced those memories. Like, this is this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, And just like the ideas from that, like you can't, everybody's guilty, guilty until proven innocent instead right. of like, you know, everybody innocent until proven guilty. So it's just like, I can't be around grown men. And that's really affected my safety because now it's just like, as bad as it says, like a lot of men, I still have that idea of like, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. Like I just, I'm not going to automatically feel safe around you until like you do something that shows distrust. Like you distrust my um, mm-hmm. safety and all that. It's like, that's what that trauma has to do. Like you really made some good points on that. Like it's supposed to be family. Why would I have to cover up around family? Right. I remember definitely being sexualized in middle school. I, when I was in middle school, I loved a crop top. And it was never. Girl, let's talk about it. I love the crop popular. top. They was popular. They was coming out, and it was never fast either. It wasn't like that's the thing. Like like I said in previous episode, I've always been in my anti men phase, and that's mm-hmm. from my trauma as well. Um, I've never like, I've never been boy crazy or nothing like that at all. Um, so like I'm wearing these crop tops, and now I'm basically being called um, a hoe. I'm gonna just say it straightforward. I'm basically be being called a hoe by family members. Like, why are you dressing like that? Right. She's fast. Um, not gonna at nobody, but. A lot of my family just assumes I have a very fast past. Like yes. middle school, high school, some family could swear I was fast without no evidence just because I liked a crop top. Right. And that definitely played a role in my trauma. So now it's like when I do experience like harassment um, from men, it's like the first thing I think of, and it's bad to say, it's like, dang, what am I wearing? Mm-hmm. And then automatically I feel uncomfortable in what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. So like that really plays a role in my safety. Sometimes it's like I'm going to the setting even though this outfit is cute, now I feel unsafe and I feel uncomfortable and I feel stupid for wearing this mm-hmm. in this setting, even though I never put it on for attention. So yeah. that definitely plays a role in my safety. Right. And there's times where even now, because i got to be honest, mm-hmm. I I put clothes on, I'm like, nope, look at how you look it. And like you said, I felt beautiful. I felt cute. I wear clothes for myself. So for all those men who are talking about you need to – be like modest or whatever. I wear clothes for myself. I make myself feel beautiful. We do. So like I'm still struggling with not changing out of my clothes just because I'm thinking of what possibly other people, especially men, will say or do. Mm-hmm. So with all that's been said about just like our perspective on safety, what are some personal tips for feeling safe on a campus or what have helped you feel safe? Mm-hmm. Well, like I mentioned before, because of like the emails of when situations happen on campus, mm-hmm. I say meet campus police, meet like dean of students, mm-hmm. like meet those people, put a face to it and like get to know them and have your own perspective, like get to know their demeanor. You know what I mean? To see if they really do care. Can you ask these questions and like get personal? Because for most people, they're living on the same campus for four years or two or maybe even more than that. So yeah. this is like your home. For a long time, you—it's like living in an apartment complex. You need to know like where everything is and mm-hmm. if you feel safe or not. Like, and 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 if you can feel safe or not. Um, I say like look into your school's security along with that, like uh, safety resources. Um, for a minute, like last semester, we had like Green Dot. I don't know if they ever came to y'all campus or anything like that, but they were yeah. just basically showing uh, women how to be more safe and how to prevent things on campus. And there is some flaws in that, but we can't talk about that right now. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. That's okay. But, 
there's things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I would say don't go out at night if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, don't stay out too late. If you are out too out, if you are out too late, like make sure you can get to the bus. Get you got a car. Like you can, or even being with somebody. That would say drive back with a friend, walk around with a friend. I don't know, like find somebody you trust that you can share your location with. Um, It's like that's one thing I've never done before college. Like, why am I sharing location? But like now that I'm in college, like a few people have my location, um, and that's very important. Um, Walking, if you are walking at night, um, make sure you that you're walking on main roads. My mom taught me that from a young age. Like, don't be taking the the alley, the easy. Where be, the on the, be where the lights are and the traffic is because you're less likely to get snatched if everybody else is looking. Right. Um, and definitely, like Monifa said, look into your school-specific resources because you can look online on campus resources that are generic, but mm-hmm. every school has more specific ones. Like, um, for me at Iowa State University, <clears throat> sorry, we have uh, Safe Ride, and it's basically just, like, free Uber from 6.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m., and it's like, That's I good. like that because our camp, my Monique has been on my campus. We don't have a walking campus. No, we have, have a buses. driving campus. We have buses. Your campus requires <laughs> wheels. Mine's just feet. We got like 10 plus bus routes with a whole bunch of buses per route. We don't have time to be walking. So if I'm out late, even if I'm being like, you know, responsible, maybe I'm out late working on assignment, I'm still not walking home. No. Not at all. We be having deer out here trying to run up. I don't have time for that. So, yeah. Right. You you ain't even got to worry about people. You got to worry about, about deer as well. Like, come on, I seen a coyote on campus. Your bag. That's a true story. I seen a coyote on campus. I didn't no. know what to do. I was scared. I said, I don't know if I can run up a tree, but I'm going to try it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, long story short, um, yeah, just look into your school-specific resources and even asking other people what do they do for safety because you'd be surprised. Like, everybody has their own methods and their own ways. Right. So, do you have anything else regarding um, campus safety? Closing thoughts. I know that this was like maybe like a, a heavy topic to talk about, and I don't, I don't want you, I don't want people to go to campus to think about everything that's so unsafe or like things like that. Like, go out and live your life. I mean, uh, whoever you serve, I serve God, so I live my life according to God. But I mean, just be as safe as possible. Try to also think about your neighbors. You know, like how mm-hmm. can you help them? How can you be? Pro- you know, protecting them and you at the same time. And don't be scared to advocate for yourself. You are in college by yourself. Like, yep. my parents are not knocking on my door. My professors don't care if I skip class. And I'm not saying they don't yeah. care about you, but that's what I'm saying. You have to be self-sufficient. So advocate for yourself because don't. the answer is no until you ask. You don't know what the, the fact is until you start asking questions. Mm-hmm. So that would be, like, my advice. How about you? Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really good close of thoughts. Like, it was really a heavy topic, and there is a lot more that we could go on and on and on about because, like, especially the trauma part, yes. there's just a lot um, that plays know, into our be safety. <clears throat> because I know we didn't open with talking about, like, how trauma plays into, like, a woman's safety and, like, how everything. she perceives her safety. But, like, I think it really explains the beginning part of this episode because we talked about, like, it could just, I know, it's, I think. It sounded very opinionated at first because it's like people do this and that and that and we feel unsafe from this and that. But then when you hear the trauma part of the episode, it's like, okay, this makes sense. Like this right. is really ingrained in you and this is like stuff that you have to mm-hmm. like you're, you're trying to work out and work through. So, yeah, I hope that this connects with people and right. for people it didn't connect with. It's an eye opener mm-hmm. as to why 
we think this way and why some women may feel this way about their safety right. and may point fingers um, left or right about it as well. So mm-hmm. I hope it make young men think about things that they just naturally do or say. Yeah. And uh, read the room. Mm-hmm. Try to say no once. Just take it like that. Period. Like you said. There we go. Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all the love. We post bi-weeklies um, on Monday, and we post bi-weekly on our YouTube on Thursdays. You can reach us on our website at blackgirlincollege.com and on our Instagram at Podcast to give us some feedback. And also to see what we are working on. So see you next time. Peace. Peace.